0: Hi, this is Gary Washburn, pastor of Grace Tabernacle. Thank you for tuning to our podcast today. Our hope is that this message inspires you and builds your faith. For more information about Grace Tabernacle and our ministries, please go to gracetab.org and like us on Facebook. Now, may the message feed your soul. How many of you would like to know how the world's going to end Come Sunday morning. We'll be talking about that subject. So, I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. But tonight, we're looking at math. Math. God's math. How many of you are really good at math? How many of you are really good at math? I've always hated you people. No, not really. Well, we're looking at God's math tonight. You know, God speaks so many different languages. He often speaks through numbers. And it's interesting. Tonight we're looking at triplets or number three. And number three represents a perfect completion. I'm going to try to illustrate that to you tonight and convince you of that. So far, by review, we looked at the year 2023 when we began this series, and we can see that, you know, the numbers, not numerology, that's an occult thing, but through the significance of numbers in the Bible and the meaning that the Bible verifies that certain numbers have certain values and so forth, we can see God speaking to us through numbers. When they're it's significant, when God mentions a certain number... There's a significance behind it. There's a deeper meaning that we need to look into that. You know, David's picked up five smooth stones to kill one giant. Why? Five is a number of grace, and we'll talk about that later on. But, um, you know, there's so many significant places in the Bible where it mentions specific numbers. Uh, when we get into the book of... Uh, uh, Exodus in the book of Numbers. Uh, specific details are given about the the size of the tabernacle. You know, how many yards, how many feet, how many inches things were. Why do we need to know those details? When you look at the ark, the 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 ark, we got we got details and dimensions. Why do we need to know? Why did you just say it's a great big ship? You know, but. We have details, and God is a God of details. So we need to look behind the hidden meaning, look a little deeper, and ask the Holy Spirit to show us things. Just like you, when you have a dream, how many of you have a lot of dreams? You should pay attention to those things. I had a dream last night, and I it was kind of, to me, I thought it was a silly dream, and, and I, when I woke up this morning, I re- I remembered it, but then I, I stopped, and I thought, okay, I asked God, God, does this mean anything to, to me? Are you speaking to me through a dream? And so I began to write down the details that I remembered of the dream. And as I wrote those details down, things would come to my mind. The Holy Spirit was now able to talk to me and show me what those silly things I thought had great significance. God speaks through dreams, and I urge you, if you have dreams, keep a pad of paper beside your bed in case it's like 2 o'clock in the morning you wake up. Write down some details about that so you can go back and visit that later, and then dare to ask God, the Holy Spirit, if this dream means anything to you. And I was surprised to find that what I thought was kind of a ridiculous dream had great significance, and that was just last night. So I want to urge you. God speaks many different languages, and tonight we're just looking at one of his languages, and that's numbers. By way of review, we we see that the year 2023 is where we started this, the first Wednesday night of uh, this year. The number 2023, when we, we wrote that out, two plus zero, two plus three equals seven a year of completion. And to me, there's a lot of significance to this year being a year of completion. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later on. We, by way of review, we looked at number one. The number one is a number for unity, oneness. God wants us to be in oneness with him. He wants us to be in oneness with our spouses. He wants the church to be in oneness with one another, to flow with God and flow with one another. And then, by way of review, last week we saw number two is the number of a faithful witness, a testimony. Let everything be established by two or three witnesses, but primarily it's two. Now, some of you may have seen this, been around a long time, so if you know the answer, don't give it away. But suppose that I'm going to give you a test, and I'm going to say to you, I'm going to draw a box up here of dots. Okay. And you're given the marker, and I say, now draw two lines, two lines that have to connect this whole box. And if you don't know the answer, you might try to go, well, this no, that's one line. No, that's no. How how am I going to do this? And the problem is with our way of thinking. We think within a box. But if you're going to draw two lines that are going to connect, you start by going outside the box. And there are two lines that connect. And And the point is, even with God, when we read Scripture, we've got to think outside the box. We can't think just rational or reasoning or uh, just reading a book just with your mind. You have to think outside the box. God is speaking many different languages. And so... Why am I giving you this information about numbers? I could be talking about anything tonight. Why am I talking about numbers? Just so that you will be aware that God speaks many different languages. And if there are numbers that continue to show up in your life over and over and over again, pay attention. God may be speaking to you through numbers. There are times he speaks to us through numbers. So when you continue to see numbers... Everywhere you go the same numbers you should ask the holy spirit what's the significance of this? Why do I keep waking up every night at 333 or 444? And you do it for two nights in a row, three nights in a row. Is that a coincidence? God is a god of detail. He's in the details. It could be that God is trying to show you something or teach you something, or he wants you to go deeper. You need to ask him and wait upon him and trust him to give you wisdom about that. So we have in our Bible, for example, again, why do we have the specific dimensions of the ark? Why do we have the specific dimensions of the furniture in the wilderness tabernacle? Why do we have the specific genealogical record of the 12 tribes of Israel when so-and-so begot, so-and-so, and and -and so-and-so begot, so-and-so, and we have no idea who most of these people are? God is a God of detail. So we come to number three tonight. I want to convince you that God intends for us to see this number, number three, as meaning to us perfect completion. Everybody say perfect completion. Throughout scripture, I'm going to show you tonight that this illustrates completeness or fullness. It's a number of resurrection. Jesus was raised the third day. It's a number of divinity representing God. There are three all attributes of God. God is an omniscient God. He knows everything. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere present. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. This is the three all-attributes of God. For example, another thing, when we look at time, God created time, there is past, present, and future, a triplet. It's in, time comes in three parts, past, present, and future. On the third day of creation in the book of Genesis, the dry land appeared out of the water on the third day, which is a type of resurrection of Christ. Isaiah saw the Lord, and he saw the Lord in his vision, and he said, come on, a little louder. He said, holy, not just holy, but three times, the complete holiness of God. God is completely holy, full of holiness. Daniel, the prophet, he knelt to pray after he was given the law that said nobody's supposed to pray to God. He continued his habit of kneeling and praying to God three times a day. That's a good habit for you. Daniel did it. Not a law that you have to do that, but it's a good idea. Why don't you just Make it your habit to set your alarm on your phone and say, three times a day I'm going to pause for a moment and just praise God. I'm just going to kneel or whatever I can do, just honor God today. See how God would honor that in your life. That's a good habit. When we look at the tabernacle, the wilderness tabernacle was the first tabernacle, and then there was the the built tabernacle or the temple, there are three parts to it. There's the outer court there's the inner court, and then there was the Holy of Holies, the place of the Ark of the Covenant. Also, Noah's Ark. Look at the same thing. There were three tiers. Man is a three part being spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. There's threes all around us. It's showing completeness. You're, you're full, you're, you're, you're complete. 2,000 years after Adam had fallen and 2,000 years before Jesus would rise from the dead, God made a covenant with a man named Abraham. And then God did the oddest thing with him. After he gave him his promised son, a miracle birth of a son, God told Abraham, now go sacrifice him without any explanation. And, of course, we can see on this side the parallel of God sacrificing his son. But look at the scripture in Genesis 22.4. On Genesis 22.4, go back, please, to 22.4. On the third day, everybody say three. Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place of sacrifice afar off. On the third day. Later, this place was called Calvary or Golgotha. And Isaac asked his father, we have wood, we have fire, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's reply is incredible faith. Look at what he says in verse 20, chapter 22, verse 8. Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself Now, we know that what happened next was Abraham looked over and he saw a ram caught in thorns, a crown of thorns in a thicket. God had provided a ram the same time they're going up this side of the mountain. God was over here on this side, the unseen part, providing the sacrifice. And the ram caught in thorns, of course, represents Jesus who wore a crown of thorns, which represents the curse. And so all this is happening on the third day, a completion, a fulfillment, a picture, a type of God. 4,000 years later, God's son would show up as the real lamb of God. Hallelujah. And Jesus was resurrected on the third day, showing that he is the complete, perfect sacrifice for all time. And it's interesting, just as far as measurements go, Golgotha, or Calvary, is exactly 777 feet above sea level, or three sevens. Now, God's a God of detail. I'm telling you, you this is coincidence, He's a God of great detail. Now, when you look at the resurrection of Jesus, because three is a resurrection number, you look at the resurrection of Jesus, it's got many threes around it. Look at this. Peter denied Christ three times. Jesus acknowledged, do you love me? Three times. The writing on the cross was in three languages. There were three crosses, Jesus and two thieves. He was crucified the third hour. There were three hours of darkness. Jesus' last words were three words. It is finished. Jesus rose again the third day. I'm telling you, number three with God is a very significant number. It means complete completion, fulfillment, fullness. God is a God of perfect completion. So what does this mean for us? Well, it means this. If God began a work in you, He'll be faithful to complete it. So if you don't see the work finished in your life or the promise fulfilled just yet that God has given you, hold on. You know God is detailed God. He is a fulfilling God, and he'll bring everything to perfect completion. He who began a work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now I want to show you something that maybe you've not seen before. God is a God of process. He goes, when he does things, there's a process to everything that God does. For example, when God does something, he gives a vision to somebody. I want you to do this. Abraham, I want you to go into a country that I'll show you where you're going to go. Or uh, Abraham, uh, you're going to be the father of a nation of people. That was a vision. God took Abraham out one night into the stars of the sky and he said, look up there, can you count those? He said, no, sir. He said, as many as those stars are, you're going to be the father of that many children. And he hadn't had one child. Later on, he had Ishmael. But that wasn't the promised child. And then... You know, he's, he's wondering, God, am I going to have, how is this going to come about? So there's a birth of a vision. Then you go through a stage where there's the death of a vision. It looks like it's never going to happen. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. And then you have the supernatural fulfillment of the vision. Now only God can do it. Maybe he has to take you through a process where things have to get worse before they get better. Can I hear anybody say Amen. amen. And you have to get to the place where humanly there's no way. Now it's going to take God. And it's a supernatural fulfillment. And we see this pattern. I'm just going to show you. You see this pattern through all of Scripture. Look at this. Look at Joseph. Remember Joseph, the young man in Genesis, had this dream from God? One day you're going to be a ruler. And even your family's going to bow down to you. And he made the mistake of running and blabbing his dream to his brothers, his stepbrothers who already resented him. And, of course, what happened? That was a dream from God. Joseph, one day you're going to be a ruler. People are going to bow down to you. Next thing you know, his brothers who hated him sold him into slavery. He winds up in prison, accused of rape that he didn't do, and he's a slave in prison. How is this dream from God going to come to pass? And he's there for a long time. And then one day he happened to interpret some dreams. And it happened to get to Pharaoh's knowledge that there's a man that knows how to interpret dreams. And he gets out and interprets the dreams. And next no, from the prison, he goes to the palace in one day, supernaturally. And Jesus described it like this. He said, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die. It remains alone. So what I'm trying to say to you is this. Listen, your dream, your vision that's in your heart, the thing you think about, the thing you hope is going to come to pass, that that dream that God has given you is birthed by faith. You know God has promised you something. Hold on to that thing. Don't give up on it. Hold on to that vision that God's given you. You're going to do this. You're going to write this book. You're going to do this, or you're going to start a ministry, whatever it is. Hold on to that vision. Don't give up on that. If God birthed it in your heart, you still remember it. If it was just a whim, you've forgotten about it. But if God birthed a vision, planted a vision in your heart, maybe even as a child, hold on to it. And you may be saying right now, well, it's too late. It's never too late for God. You're still breathing. You're still here. Whatever that vision is, if it came from God, hold on to it. But you're going to go through a process where you have the birth of a vision, then you have the death of a vision. It looks humanly impossible. But if you'll stay in faith and hope and love, then you will one day, by the grace of God, step into the supernatural provision, the supernatural fulfillment of that vision. It'll come about. It'll come about. Don't give up on your dream. Hang on to it. Trust God for it. Believe God for it. I had a vision back in the Baptist church uh, over 20 years ago. And about this time of the year, 20 years ago, Uh, I was in the Baptist church. I was pastoring a church. I'd been there for 10 years. I'd been the longest pastor at that church that they'd ever had. Because usually they ran off a pastor about every two years. That's a fact. By the grace of God, we'd stayed there for 10 years. And I was a charismatic and uh, believed in all the gifts of the Spirit and everything, and I was a very frustrated Baptist but i was making headway and we were we had a revival break out it started out as a youth revival and it it turned into a church-wide revival and we made headway we had we had people speaking in tongues and people slain in the spirit we had demons cast out right in front of the whole church we had man it was snap crackle pop and uh, i had become content in that Previous year, because we'd had about two years of revival, the debt was paid off and the church, things were going fantastic. And um, I had got that restlessness in my heart settled that I was just I was going to be content to stay there the rest of my life I said God I'll be here the rest of my life that's what we're making headway we got celebration praise and worship going we got drums in the church which that was like bringing the devil into church back then if you remember those days and we had uh, we had worship going and the gifts were starting to flow and things were just fantastic so I was content to be in the Baptist church but be a charismatic Baptist church. And I modeled it after Park Avenue Baptist where Peter Lord was over in Titusville. And I said, well, if they can be a a charismatic Baptist church, then we're going to be a charismatic Baptist church, you know. That's fine. And so I was happy, and we were moving in that direction. We had revival going, and then all hell broke out. And everything turned against us overnight. I had the birth of a vision. Then I had the death of a vision. It ain't going to happen. The church is dying. I'm going to have to leave. And I left. I was disappointed. I was discouraged with God and discouraged with people. Didn't trust anybody after that. And then on April the 3rd, I'm giving you the short version, 2003, Grace Tabernacle was born. So there was the death of a vision. We're going to have a charismatic church. All the gifts of the Spirit are going to be flowing. I thought it was going to be there. Then we, the birth of a vision. Then we have the death of a vision. Nope. It dies. Then we had the supernatural. And Grace Tabernacle. You. This church was born April 3rd, 2003. Perfect completion. God is a God of detail. God of perfection. When he does something, he may take you through a process, a birth of a vision, the death of a vision, but then the supernatural fulfillment of it. And you today are the fruit of supernatural fulfillment of a vision. You are here. Thank you, God. I like what somebody said, and I took this quote out of a book. Uh, If you see somebody's glory, you see the glory of God on somebody's life, you need to find out their story. In other words, there's a story. They have gone through the birth of a vision, the death of a vision, to get to the supernatural. You have to go through that. So I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you're in the death of a vision. Don't give up. You've got to go through the process. It's okay. It's part of God's process. The wheat has to be die, has to fall into the ground and be buried and die and rot. And then it comes up. Nothing like it was when it was planted. Supernatural. So when you see triplets of things, for example. Like triplets of number one, one one, one, okay, since three is perfect completion, then you have to go back to what does number one mean? Number one is oneness and unity, so three three ones would be perfect oneness, perfect unity. are you seeing, are you understanding number two, remember is a faithful witness, so if you see triplets of two, two. Two and two, it's a perfect witness. It's a perfect testimony. God is speaking through numbers. So when you see three, 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 you see perfect completions all through the Bible. So when you see six, 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 six is the number of man. It's man without God. Man was created on the sixth day. Six is the number of man. Six, six, six just means, doesn't mean man is perfect. It means man is just flesh. He's flesh without God. He's, he's man without God. Man without God. Man without God. He's just a man without God. He's just flesh. Are you understanding? It's the number of the enemy. The Antichrist is going to rise up. We'll talk more about this Sunday morning. He's a man. And his number is 666. Some other examples of threes that are interesting. Now, here's Bible trivia. Name the three closest disciples to Jesus. Thank you. The three Hebrew children. <laughs> three sons of Noah. You know why we don't eat Ham. Ham was cursed. I ate ham. I love bacon. Uh, Okay, the three contents of the Ark of the Covenant. Manna, the rod of Aaron, and the pot of manna. Yeah, or Ten Commandments rather. Yeah. Yeah. Three gifts brought to baby Jesus. Jesus is, John 14, 6. There you go. You passed. How many got them all? Raise your hand. How many are lying? Raise your hand. God is a God of a threefold process. Everything he does, he goes through a process. There's a threefold process. Three is important. Now, everything we've talked about tonight, Has all happened on the third rock from the sun. We're planet number three. Everything's happened right here that we talked about. The New Jerusalem. Do you know that the New Jerusalem is a perfect cube? A perfect cube. So, number three, so now you know something you didn't know before you got here. Number three is God's number of perfect. Completion. Pay attention to that. Two is a faithful testimony. One is oneness and unity. Twenty twenty three is a year of completion. God's going to complete some things, and He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So learn to think outside the box when you read the Word. God wants to show you great and mighty things you do not know. Jeremiah. 33:3. 33, 3. Call unto me, and I'll show you great and mighty things you do not know. Amen. will don't we stand up together? Hold up three fingers. And say, thank you, God, for teaching me about number three. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Love some people before you go home tonight. Thanks for being here.